I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I'm Francis. He's Julio. It's Oops Podcast. Welcome back. How you doing, man? Oh, good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I hope everybody listening is doing well and staying safe and healthy and feeling good and, you know, looking forward to the holidays as much as you can because we know uh, we are over here as well. We're about there. About there. That's a fun time of year. People get excited. And it feels very unique because usually the holidays are like a much needed break. Mm-hmm. But like... <laughs> We don't really need a break anymore. <laughs> no, no. My my holiday right now looks like a big ball of Play-Doh where <laughs> instead of keeping the colors of the Play-Doh separate, someone just said, let's economize on space here and lumped all of the balls of Play-Doh together. <laughs> it's, it's a totally undecipherable mass of nonsense. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who I'm seeing. <laughs> and the reason is my sister is due to have a child any minute now. Yay. Well, should we be clapping? I don't know. She hasn't had it. Is that bad luck? I don't know. Knock I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that works. The superstition of of not telling people about pregnancies or telling All people's right. names until the... I know it's like the third month, at, at which point people say it's kind of... You're in the clear, so to speak. But I, I, I you, you hear about like Man. horrific... I don't want. I even want to talk about it, dude. So, so, so superstition is funny because there's this Russian lady who works in the house that I live in, Mm -hmm. and she's really superstitious. So I'll be like, and I just hear, "He's bad luck," like from like the other room (laughs) for whistling. Yeah, and then she starts telling me she's like, "I believe in all the superstition." She's like, "The the black cat." And then she goes, also, keys, no put keys on the tables. Very bad luck. Really? Meanwhile, this lady goes outside and smokes Marlboro 100s immediately after. <laughs> I'm like, I think that is much worse luck, potentially. Mm, that's good. <laughs> oh, the old Russian cleaning lady. She's <laughs> probably got a mole a that has about 14 hairs coming out of it. And she they're might. all the side. They're like climbing ropes. <laughs> Why don't people with moles that have hairs, why don't they take care of that? What is that? I don't know. I don't know. What's that about? Do you not realize? You must. You must realize that there's hairs coming out. Did I tell you what, though? I get hairs on my nose. And I don't know. I like didn't notice that until I noticed it. And now I'm very conscious of it. And I try to get rid of them. You shave your nose? I, I'll, you Typically, whoever I'm dating at the time enjoys p- pulling them out for me. <laughs> Odd fetish. Sorry. Odd fetish. That's out there. You know. That's okay. Some people are into that kind of thing. Now, how long do these hairs on your nose get? Not too bad, but if you're like close enough to me, you could notice and we'll be like, oh, that's bizarre. Especially because I'm not a hairy person. No. I don't even have chest hair. Like, I'm not hairy. But I randomly just get a couple fucking weird hairs on my nose. These things start to happen as we get older. I don't know what it is. I know. I know. I consider myself lucky that I've I've never had a hairy back. Oh, yeah. Same. I, I, that doesn't. That sounds like a level of a maintenance that just it, it's it's a lot. It's another level. Yeah. By the way, Hillary was was talking to me about you over the weekend because you had mentioned that you think your eyelashes would look better if they were darker. Sure did. And she said that it's a very easy procedure to dye them. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. She said it's very easy. That's just, a you big know, commitment. She's thinking about you. 
you know? Uh, well, so. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think every once in a while, just a quick run with a, with a, a, a brush to, to just, you know, not, not so much, but maybe a little bit darker would really make my eyes pop right, right. for some sort of special occasion. Um, dude, I got into a really funny, like awkward situation when I was, I was renting a car this weekend. Okay. Um, I was going to Pennsylvania, which I'll talk about at some point mm-hmm. in the next couple episodes. Um, and there was this lady in line at the car rental place and she had a mask on and we're yeah. kind of just standing there. It's silent. We're in like a parking garage in Brooklyn. Um, and so we kind of strike up conversation and I was like, oh, so where are you going? She's like, oh, my friend's driving me to D.C. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, have, have you flown at all during this? Like, just making small talk. And she goes, no. And she goes, it sounds like you have. Oh, geez. She goes, for work, I hope. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, mostly for work. Uh, and like, you know, for some family stuff. We kind of keep talking, you know. And then I just keep, like, striking out with this lady. Like, granted, I felt like she was being a little judgmental. Mm-hmm. But, like... We keep talking. Then we're kind of standing there. I was like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> this is getting old, huh? You, you, oh. Just like the pandemic. Pandemic. I thought you meant your conversation with her. No, with no, no, her. no, no. Okay. I was, it, it was clear that that's what I meant. I was like, this is getting old, huh? Which I think is a reasonable thing to say. But she took oh. that as me being like not responsible or something. And she goes, this is how pandemics work. Oh. And I was like. Oh, she's been through a few. I, yeah. I was like, oh, like. I just started feeling really self-conscious and I really wanted her to know that I was an ally. Mm-hmm. I was in Brooklyn. Like this lady was like clearly a kombucha stewing, like classic Brooklyn person mm-hmm. that like people maybe make fun of in a way that could be, you know, a reasonable way to make fun of them. So then I go, well, at least we had a good election result, like to try to show oh, her that God. I was an ally. Yeah. But then I go, you know, <laughs> unless something crazy happens, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> And she goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean by that? And then her friend like called her into the office because something they had to figure something out. And then we didn't get to talk anymore. And then she walked out and she goes, safe travels and walks away. And like God, for the dude. entire day, I was like, that, this lady has been telling everybody, you know, this is the problem. This is the problem. People just don't want. And it's so unfair. Like I clearly am an ally with this lady. Listen, Julio. <laughs> There are the first the first thought I have is <laughs> something either happened to that lady right before she ran into you, whether it was like that morning and just turned her for the worse for right. the day. She was just looking for a confrontation. Yeah, because to 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 give people a stranger so little benefit of the doubt <laughs> Dude, as she did. I was wearing a mask too. To obviously. hear everything that you said from the wrong side of her prism right uh speaks of somebody who who was either coping with something i i I have a hard time believing that she she walks through life that doubtful that cynical totally to hear someone say like at least we got a good election result and then be poised to take let's you know presume that she uh, was not a trump supporter yeah there's no way um (laughs) <laughs> to hear that and then hear it as a way of, well, how can I take offense at that? You know, right. how how she's reframing in real time everything that you say to make herself angry. What a burden. What a burden it was, on it life. Tough. <laughs> You're walking through life with a bag of rocks on your back. I know. Man. You're that guy on the Stairmaster at the gym who's training for the military. <laughs> The guy running around the reservoir with ankle weights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sucks, dude. Yeah, it sucks. That sucks. First of all, 
it's it's funny for me to hear that you're the guy who strikes up conversations in the car rental line. I I mean, I am, I guess. My dad is that guy. <laughs> my dad sees everybody in the world as a potential conversation. <laughs> it's a very dadly quality. It is. But it's also <laughs> infuriating for the rest of his family who have places to go like, and are dad. pulling him like a dog who won't exit the, <laughs> the sniff meat. And you're like, come on, dude. Come on. You don't even care about this Bijan Frise. Like, you're above this. You're not going to play. You're never going to see him again. You're out of his weight class. Come on. Let's go. It's very funny. So, yeah, I mean, to, to, to hear that that, you know, you're that guy. The, the car rental line, that's a place where I'm just like, get in, get my paperwork signed, get out with the keys. <laughs> and you're like election you know fucking pandemic huh <laughs> like dude i was just basically trying to comfort her a little because you know her her friend driving her to dc like that's certainly a very nice thing and i absolutely understand not wanting to fly and stuff but i was kind of wanted to be like you know if you end up having to fly like don't worry like it'll be okay like type of thing i was hoping right. that's where i kind of expected that to maybe go i didn't expect it to be her just she just became so defensive mm -hmm. it was so odd mm -hmm. um do you think that she thought you were flirting with her? No, I don't think so. I think it was like, uh, like and at first she kind of was just maybe cynical. Like she had that kind of like. Who started the conversation? How did the conversation start? Like, I think something happened and she made some like audible reaction to it. Like, oh, because they were trying to give her a shitty car. She's like, I made the reservation for like, she kind of was talking to herself and then it just kind of naturally turned into a conversation. I didn't just right. like butt in and she certainly didn't butt in either i think it kind of just fine happened organic fine and then you guys got into some pretty heavy topics dude very quickly you went politics and disease <laughs> within an instant within an instant now Pandemic again small talk i don't think you're wrong at all for what you did but i think that for me the difference is uh in that car rental place i'm keeping the conversation to car rental sphere mm-hmm or at the very most, I'm I'm making jokes, and if she's not laughing, I give up, dude. But I'm like you again, kept, you kept throwing pitches. Where do you go though? Like, because I'm at this lady. Obviously, you know the joke that comes to mind. I'm like, you know, uh, I was gonna get a compact, but there's no way I'll be able to fit a body in that truck. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Clearly, she's not gonna be. Receptive to that. <laughs> well, but I think at the end, after you had seen what you saw from her, yeah, I, fucking go down swinging. I know. And you're right. You know, <laughs> might as well go for the home run yeah. swing. Might as well, I guess. You're you're down 0-2 in the count, you know, <laughs> two outs. You're down seven runs, whatever it is. I don't know. Fucking, what do you have to lose? Swinging at that a thigh point? fastball. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally, man. Well, that's great, dude. <laughs> Conversations with strangers are, you never know. You never know where they're going to go. But they can make you feel really good. Yeah. When you have a positive interaction, you know, where you kind of go back and forth with someone and you walk away thinking, in another life, I would have been friends with that person. Right, right, right. You know, if we had, if we had met in college mm -hmm. or in a place where there was more of a, a space and time to cultivate a friendship rather than waiting on a subway platform. Mm -hmm. We were on the subway, my girlfriend and me, mm -hmm. my girlfriend and I, on the way to Brooklyn, 
and we were talking about a restaurant, a, a barbecue place mm. down in Red Hook, cool. not far from the apartment that we were going to look at. There was a guy sitting across the subway, and he was wearing crazy clothing. <laughs> I, I don't even really know how to describe it. He, His outfit was so intense. It, <laughs> there were so many pieces to it. He was wearing a tie, like a skinny tie, with like a, a plaid shirt that I think he'd cut the sleeves off of, but it was like a dress shirt. Some kind of vest. <laughs> um, then he had on these... these funky kind of newsboy trousers that ended halfway up his shin then he had socks on that were a crazy wacky pattern and then these boots that had beavis and butthead scenes painted on them but like really well painted and so the whole the whole outfit was this crazy it felt like you were walking into some like the Megorium's Wonder Emporium <laughs> store, you know, or or that the 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 whatever that crazy whimsical store was that the Weasley brothers ran in Harry Potter, right, right. Uh, with all the cr- crazy funky shit. tricks and you know that's a jack in a box that doubles as a cozy or whatever, right? All that stuff. So th- this guy was just a walking like n- nostalgist, yeah, yeah, kind of a yeah. funky mismatched. And somehow it all worked, and he piped up. <laughs> And he was like, are you guys talking about this dinosaur barbecue place? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, uh, oh, no, it was Hometown Barbecue. Mm. You ever been there? No. Me neither. And he goes, uh, oh, it's really good. I'm a bartender at a place right down the street. You should jump, come check it out. And we were getting off. And we were like, oh, we're going to see apartments. And he was like, I hope you guys move here. You seem like you'd be a good addition to the neighborhood. It's nice. And we walked off that subway feeling like we were walking on air, man. <laughs> We had this crazy Rubik's Cube of a man just (laughs) fucking complimenting us, inviting us to the neighborhood. And we were like, this is it. This is home, you know? And then sure enough, none of the apartments we saw were to our like. Oh, dude, that's so funny. And I know what you mean, though. It really does feel good to have a nice interaction with a stranger, especially when, in my opinion, and it wasn't that extreme here, minus Mm -hmm. the guys kind of get up, but. When it's somebody who I feel like I have nothing in common with mm-hmm. and we get along completely fine, I'm like, that's really nice. That yes. Nice. Yes. There's no way we have the same values, but that doesn't mean we can't be nice to each other. Correct. You know? And New York is such a standoffish place. Everyone keeps their heads down out of fear that they're going to run into a crazy. Right. Or, or you know, that, that people are just walking around hostile. And it's simply not the case. It's just not the case. People really are nice here. Yeah. It takes a little bit more to break through that uh, sort right. of chilly exterior but once you're in <laughs> it's like we're all we're all facing the same demons it takes we're a all, little more coaxing yeah there's yeah. common ground to be found chris where you, you got something i should have a random thought you don't know if to talk about this but i just feel like random conversations are going to be like they're dying like people aren't having random conversations anymore you're not going to strike up a conversation with a random person on the subway because you have your phone now and all these kids aren't going to start doing that. I was just thinking about, you know, maybe so. Maybe so, there's, Chris. There's value to that point. But yes, I think we're less likely to have our heads up. You know, my therapist once gave me this as a tip for mental health. She said, when you're walking around the streets, don't have your phone out. Look up and look around. And there's something about taking things in that gets you out of your own head 
Dude, totally. It makes you feel good. If you're kind of saying, oh, look at that person. Oh, look at that store. Oh, look at those bagels. Oh, look, there's a dog. You're not <laughs> thinking, God, how am I going to deal with this conversation with my boss? How am I going to make rent this month? You know, you're reacting and you're that's living. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The idea of doing that judgmentally is funny to me. You're like, wow, look at that coffee shop. Look at that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> it turns into that. Whatever, whatever really the does. thoughts may be. You're right, though. There's something that gives you space in your brain when you yeah. do that. You it just I mean? it, in a way it gives it a chance to rest. Letting the thoughts come to you as opposed to looking at something that's like bringing the thoughts on. Yes. In a different way. I have I have to tell you about our day of apartment hunting because Please. there's such an, an amazing I mean what a what an experience. So this was in in like the Red Hook area? So we looked at we had about seven or eight apartments. Wow. We found a uh a broker mm-hmm. through and I'm just gonna free plug them here, Compass. Okay, cool. And all these real estate companies. First of all, real estate and its listings, at least from the rental perspective, has changed so much in the 10 years that i've lived in new york yeah you know street easy is is an insane resource Mm -hmm. but beyond that compass you know we had this guy that somehow my girlfriend found dan right dan what a pleasant guy the first straight shooter that i've really met in real estate and i think part of the reason is he works in the sales side Mm -hmm. And he was a lawyer, went to law school, put himself through law school, and then just felt like he'd have a better life if he went into real estate. He's a numbers guy, really personable, but he's not full of shit. Mm -hmm. And so normally he's on the sales side and he's made a killing over there. And for some reason, we got lucky. He decided to hop into the rental pool with us just for the day. But he never does rental stuff anymore. Interesting. Because, yeah, Compass to me, I think sales. Yeah. Compass. And so he's putting together this crazy list of potential apartments for us to see. They have a great app where you can star the ones that he suggests that you're like, yeah, we want to go see that. Or you can write comments back to him. It's very easy. You know, good stuff. And so he put together a big laundry list for us. Uh, You know, a bunch in Brooklyn. We went all the way down to Carroll Gardens. Cool. We saw this beautiful brand new renovated townhouse that's like three floors but the owners have been trying to sell it for a year nothing's moving for them for the price that they want and so out of desperation they're listing it as a rental to chip away at the hoa fees help pay the mortgage taxes all of that they couldn't eat it anymore and yet uh the problem with that is that you know you sign a one year lease and then right. they're going they want to list it again. Right. And so in your second year potentially on a Sunday morning you're hung over wearing your pajamas you've got fucking Dan showing Bob 50 McGee people and his yeah. wife and their new baby coming in to like <laughs> look in your closets and being like that's not big enough and we're like well it was good enough for us you know. <laughs> and everything you feel it's very invasive. That's a very invasive process. We were not excited about that whatsoever. Uh, and so that was kind of a write-off for us. Yeah, and I understand. So we wrote that one off. And and then we sort of moved north. We went into Borum Hill. Mm-hmm. We saw a couple uh, garden apartments similar to the one we're in now. Um, and I just kept thinking, like, God, this is far away, man. Mm. This is far away from where my friends are, from our life, from our considerations, especially from you two, 
who you know make life easy by coming to me to to record our podcast and i didn't want to make chris add another 35 40 minutes to his commute so we're moving up we're moving up we're getting a better sense we're walking around with dan mm -hmm. getting to know him dude he does this th he had one of the funniest fucking jokes i've ever heard <laughs> Um, he's telling us, you know, about his, his new daughter, I guess she's like a year and a half, two years old. And he's telling us about how obsessed he is with golf. And, uh, and he, and he goes, uh, my, my girlfriend goes, what's your, what's your daughter's name? And he goes, birdie. And we were like, oh, that's so cute. And we talk a little bit more. And then I was talking to him about golf and I was like, oh, you like golf? And he's like, yeah, a little too much. I mean, that's why we named our daughter birdie. And then he's, he started laughing at himself and it killed us, dude. It was like a block and a half of us dissolving into laughter. So we're just loving this guy. We're having a great time. Dan. We see this apartment in Dumbo, right? Now, Dumbo, down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. Yes. One of those classic great NYC New York acronyms. acronyms. Uh, was a very hot neighborhood in, in Brooklyn about four years ago, five years ago. Still popping. It's though. still hot popping, but it's like small. It used to be that you could move there and get crazy deals, much more cool space. It was being right. developed. Cats now, out of the bag. Now it's like the prices are not much better than Manhattan. Right. It's filled out. Totally. It's been gentrified. You're not finding steals right. there. It's over. <laughs> but we went and saw an apartment that was in a in a full building you know mm -hmm. kind of building out of the gym and, yep. and all that stuff we've never lived in one of those places i've never lived in one of those places um and it had a roof deck everything was brand new in sync disposal love that the things that she cares about natural light <laughs> and uh natural light <coughs> cabinet space <laughs> You know, she checks the drawers of the cabinets to make sure that they open and close seamlessly. Dude, seeing that makes when I see my girlfriend do shit like that, it makes me feel so reassured. I'm looking around. Someone's thinking about that. And I'm like, is this wall big enough for a 54 inch TV? That's my whole right, consideration. Right, right, right. Yeah. Where is there a working fireplace in case Joe Rogan comes over someday? <laughs> you know, these are the things that matter to me. The things that matter to her are so much more important. And um, totally. it's good to have. She turns on the taps to see how quickly the hot water comes out of the pipe. Oh, wow. Because That's crazy. in our current apartment, takes a while. I didn't check that. Dude, I'm telling you, the kitchen sink, it's five minutes That's of running wild. the tap before you have hot water and i you know i'm a conservationist it hurts me on the inside yeah. to run the tap so we just wash all of our dishes with cold water which is shitty yeah the shitty situation this is a very useful list by the way anybody who's listening this yeah. is like yeah. try the hot water check the, check the shower taps i use the toilets when we go to these places <laughs> if there's toilet paper sometimes they don't have it out for people checking the apartment but I use them, you know, check the flush power. Uh, that's a me thing. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Dude, it's annoying to sit there and hold the flusher for fucking, you know, yeah. five seconds. That blows. I, so don't want, good... I don't want a toilet that's, that's prone to clogging. Um, all that stuff. Uh, you know, what else? There's, um, you want to ask about central air. What's the heating and air situation mm -hmm. like? Um, 
I don't know. All of these this things. This is all good stuff, yeah. So, so, dude, but the rental market right now in New York, is, and, I, and maybe this is boring for people, but I, I want to get through it. The rental market in New York right now is, is devastated. Yeah. Devastated. But with the announcement of, you know, Pfizer having a 90% effective There's vaccine, a new one today, too. A new one today yeah. that came out that, that's 95% effective. Yeah. Stock market reacting to it. You have to believe this is the like a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. The beginning of the that end. That might start to tip the the seesaw of at least of the real estate market may, maybe back in the right direction maybe those right. people who you know are are holding you know, bunkering down at their hamptons homes are going to reconsider coming back to new york and right. uh all of that and 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 when that happens you know it's going to be a pretty quick return to crazy rental prices mm-hmm. so we saw this place and we were like all right i mean it was it was way out of our price range um but Dan had chosen places that he thought might we might be able to, as he put it, kick the tires. Got it. With like a lower offer. To to really just go out and kick tires. That's the way he put it. Like let's fucking Dan, dude. We're gonna run into some roadblocks, said Dan. We're gonna run into some roadblocks. Dan is the fucking man, dude. Let's just see what happens. And we kicked the tires on this place. Now, we he was asking questions. There was a there was a, a listing agent in there with us. And she was like, yeah, you know, this apartment is very popular among professional athletes. I'm not going to name names, but we may or may not have a Brooklyn net coming in <laughs> to look at this apartment later today. Right. Now, that obviously made us sad because, as Dan put it, walking out, <laughs> NBA players are cash heavy. Sure that are. guy's just going to offer the asking uh, right. price. They don't care about negotiating at all. Right. But the owner of the apartment looks at that and he says, okay, NBA player could get traded in a year, could get traded midseason. This guy wants a long-term commitment. He also, and this is going to get a little sensitive, Dan said this, not us. Dan was like, you know, NBA player. Maybe he's thinking this guy likes to have parties. Mm. Maybe he's going to beat this place up a little bit. You and your girlfriend, very, very calm. Domesticated. You know, thinking about a baby, whatever, all this. That's a quieter thing, you know? So um, all these things come into play. We kicked the tires with this apartment. Dan texts me this morning. He's like, you got time for a call? I call him. He had thrown out an offer that was like 30% below the asking price. The owners came back a couple 500 bucks higher. And he's like, I think we can meet in the middle on this. Would you be willing? And I was like, dude, if you can get that for that price, we're throwing you a fucking party. (laughs) He's like, all right. So 20 minutes later, he comes back and he's like, they've agreed. Wow. Now, I don't have the lease signed yet couple things could happen Famous so words, yeah. i'm i'm tempering my optimism dude fuck yeah but man congrats let's just say this this apartment if we get it for the price that we are currently at is offensive it is we will be living in it, it we, for a two-year lease we will be living in it the whole time thinking we're getting away with murder that's incredible and to have that feeling in new york it's a really nice feeling especially if the rental market comes back and you know a year in we're still living there knowing we've got a whole year now 
after two years, we fully expect them to be like, all right, guys, um, it's been nice having you. Now we're going to rip your fucking face yeah, off. Yeah. This is what the third year's rent is going to be. And we're going to be like, all right, <laughs> so long. Toodaloo. Yeah. But. Congrats, man. That's it's where things badass. are at. Uh, it's a really sick place. And, uh, you know, I guess it's a move back to Brooklyn, but it's, Whatever. it's Dumbo. It's, sick, it's very close. Easy. And that's where things are at. So amazing. I told Dan I would take him out to my golf course as a thank you. And uh, this is how cool he was, by the way. He was awesome. like, he was like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not even going to charge you guys a fee on this. Like, I had a great day with you. You know, I like you guys. I don't do this very often. So let's just, uh, you know, don't worry about it. And uh, and I was like, dude, come play my golf course. And he was like super hyped about that. Dude, He's obsessed with golf. That's fucking dope. Dude. Yeah. So, Congrats, man. I mean, this is, uh, ah, we'll dude. see. We'll see, dude. Very exciting, yeah. man. Very Pretty exciting. Hype. Very fucking cool, bro. Yeah. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Um, um, it's funny. You mentioned something earlier um, about Beavis and Butthead. They're reminded, which is hilarious that I have a Beavis and Butthead thing to talk about, too. I've never watched the show. It's, in my opinion, one of the funniest shows of all time. It's so fucking funny. Is it funny. not dated? Mm, I, dude, it's, it's really fucking it's funny. It's a 1990s cartoon. Yeah, that's unbelievably funny, in okay. my opinion. Maybe it's like sophomoric humor. I just think it's incredible. Mike Judge. Mike Judge, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm, so I went to the Dominican Republic yes. last week by myself, which is funny because it's an idea that you gave me. Because Francis was like was thinking about going to Florida, and I was like, I love you know, that I that's said a... Florida, and Julio was like, okay, Dominican Republic, it is. <laughs> well, there's just like an there's an intriguing Dominican Republic trip that you can take because everybody that I know they go to like Punta Cana or they go, you know, and I I that doesn't interest me as much right now because, like I said, I don't need a break. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I need like excitement. So I decided I was just going to go to Santo Domingo and just hang out. And, and like get a tour guide to take me around. And then on the other days, just kind of like poke around and figure it out myself. Okay. So I go to, I, I, I arrive and I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody, but do you ever just like get in a situation when you're in a foreign country and you don't speak the language and you just completely fuck up the situation? Now, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I need to hear more. Okay. Yeah. So I just really froze and like, I definitely was really embarrassed about this situation, but this is what happened. I was at the grocery store and I was buying flip-flops for the pool <laughs> and just a bunch of big waters. You know what I mean? And this is like their version of a Walmart. It was right across the street from my hotel. It's called La Sirena. Okay. Um, so I buy, I get in line and I put my shit on the counter and she starts bringing me up and then she says some shit to me in Spanish and I have no fucking idea what she was saying. I thought maybe she thought, do you need a bag? I thought she said, I have no idea what she said, but she just looks at me and I just go, uh, Uno. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, I remind, I, I was so embarrassed. She rolled her eyes in my face. I thought she maybe whatever she was asking, but dude, I literally felt like Beavis and Butthead. There's an episode where they're asking them if they speak Spanish, 
Like they're asking what the things mean and they're trying to get them to say the episode is called like don't laugh or something. I forget what it's called. But there's this, a thing where he goes up to Butthead and he's like, say a thing in Spanish. And Butthead just goes, uh, uh uno. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he actually says, uh, burrito. <laughs> okay. Okay. So did you mean one bag? Yes. I That's think, what you were going for? Like maybe. But I also just like panicked and was so embarrassed. Mm hmm. And, like, I had already seen Americans behaving, like, really embarrassingly in the airport. Yeah. And it made me self-conscious. You and get then, embarrassed by other Americans when you're traveling? Dude, I was in the airport, and this guy was at custom just going, I don't care what they say. This is a third world country. Ooh. This is a third world country. I don't care what they say. This is a third world country. And then his, he's, like, he's going to his friend. He's like, you have to fill out the form. This guy was a dick. Mm -hmm. You have to fill out the form. And the guy goes, the one from the plane? He goes, No. The one from last night. Yes, the one from... I was like, oh, my God. And, like, they were wearing America masks, too. Oh, gosh. The guy was wearing a sweater around his neck, too, like, tied around his neck. I was like, these are the ugly Americans. This is yeah, so embarrassing. I, I wonder why that guy's in the Dominican Republic right now. Dude. That guy doesn't sound like the sort of person who... You know what I mean? Well, but also, he could also totally be the kind of guy who thinks the pandemic is, isn't real or something. But it was really embarrassing, man. Yeah, but man. pandemic deniers aren't flocking to the Dominican Republic, I don't think. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. Dude, maybe maybe they are. Maybe that. I don't, I don't know. That just wouldn't have been my first. Let's say that in this moment, I said, I don't believe the hoax of coronavirus. <laughs> Let's get on kayak and see what sort of deals I can find to... <laughs> The DR? No, that's not where, you know, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going, I don't know, Hawaii, maybe? Uh, those are the places right, I, right. I That's would more go. convenient, especially it's domestic, whatever. But, dude, even, like, uh, I heard a guy, just maybe it's just, like, a white dad thing to be, like, loud and, like, yeah. embarrassing. But, like, these tour guides, I was walking around historical Santo Domingo, which is, like, the first city in the New World. Columbus settled it, like... 1500 hmm. the first european city in the new world like pretty fucking cool but there are these tour my tour guide who was really funny we'll i'll talk more about him in a second but he sees these people asking questions and he goes you should get a guide you should get a guide and the guy just goes no 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 and then he starts going yo comprende mucho yo comprende mucho yo comprende <laughs> and like doing this and like my guy wasn't even trying to be annoying he's like if you have questions just get a guy dude you know what i mean uh -huh. and there's something so like cringe about it dude well you know what's funny dude it it is i it is a almost a distinctly american thing i think where you go to a different country and you just assume you're being taken advantage of mm-hmm Right. You hear about, like, don't get ripped off by a guy who's in an unmarked taxi or right, right. ignore these guys or barter this down. And, you know, I think the part of it is that Americans are easy to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. uh, plenty of people come into these places and just are, are willing to spend kind of whatever to make life easier. And I don't know. Uh, when I travel... I'm not that bothered because by by ugly Americans mm -hmm. around because I I think I can tell myself these people have seen enough tourists that they're not hopefully they're not judging an entire nation based on its shitty few. Right, right. 
that they have they've they've had enough people like us who mm-hmm. come in and are right. polite and tip well or whatever and you know understand and aren't trying to just like let their culture serve us right and that we they you know that that they they have a better view of us but but dude it could I be that know. simple it could be as simple as what you just said like Americans tip and Europeans don't so like maybe we're more an appealing of a person but dude I also like to think that there's a way to get out of solicitation without being like mucho no com-, whatever you know mm-hmm. what I mean you could just be like no no it's like thank you or even you can say yo comprende or whatever I don't right. speak Spanish at all but like you could be you can be it's you can be soft and gentle and you don't need to be stern like when right. a homeless person asks you for money are you like no (laughs) they're like hey man you have a quarter no no i do not have a quarter no like you don't need to do that you don't need to scream in their face dude when someone comes up to you asking for shit yeah yeah ignoring them's better even yeah i don't know uh do you do this do you as a way of trying to seem more like you get them do you start speaking english the way that they do yes it's hilarious that you say that because I've thought about this a lot. And my, my dad it's does so, this. Dude, it's embarrassing. Like my it, dad thinks that by omitting parts of speech, they'll understand oh, him Oh, I don't better. do that, but that's And funny. I say, Dad, they understand better English right. than worse English. Right, right. You speaking broken English back to them <laughs> is not helping them. That's another very dad thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, like like just leaving out tenses and, and yeah. words. Yeah, and... we, we go now? Yeah, yeah. We going. Yeah. There's no need to do that. That's it's like, great. Dude, though. you can say, are we going now? And they're going <laughs> to get it. Just because they've come back with you, you know, trying their best and they don't right. speak, it doesn't mean that you need to break your English for them. <laughs> well, dude, another question then. <laughs> Is this, what? what's the etiquette about this? So- you start talking to somebody and like, I know you speak French. I don't speak French, but I kind of do. Like I can say some stuff. I can say phrases. I feel comfortable doing that. I don't feel the same way in Spanish. So if someone comes up to me, I'm in a French restaurant or if I'm in France or whatever, I'll start trying to do French. The person will realize very quickly that I am not French. And if they speak English, they start speaking English Mm -hmm. from that point on. Should I just completely drop the French? It's a great question. Um, it's, it's one of those things where it is a normal thing, at least in my experience in France, for me to speak to a French person in French and have them respond in English. Right. And it's not awkward. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be, right? But at the same time, you know, usually, like, it's such a weird thing. The French, the French line, like, are so, I want to say, proud of their language but also that their language is very hard to speak mm-hmm. and sound native. That's true. That they just assume it's going to be easier for everyone to come to English. Right. Whereas whereas with me after you know 10 words or something they've realized, "Oh, this guy's the real deal with French." Right. And so they they like come in. But the problem is they then like it's as if I've provided some kind of password. And then the second that they've welcomed me to French, they go off at a clip that makes it hard sometimes. Right, I'm right, like, right, right. Okay, yeah, I, I speak very good French, but you know, if you're gonna all of a sudden just assume that I can like handle a conversation speech. about tech, 
yeah. you know, like, whoa, pump the brakes. And the totally. second you indicate that you need them to pump the brakes, they lose faith in you again. I know, I know. And That's so it's this really tough thing where it's like, <laughs> I'm getting 70% of what you're saying, but if you could slow down a little, like, don't go back to English, but kind of just talk to me like I'm a little bit hard of hearing then that would be ideal for me. And it's very hard to impress that upon a French person. Yeah. But I think other, other cultures are get it. Now, I will, the last thing I'll say is the French, what, like this is something that is uniquely French. When I speak French to a French person, 100% of the time, they comment on how good my French is. That's very nice. That's a nice thing. It is. It feels really good. But, but we don't do that here. You don't meet somebody from Russia who comes and starts like speaking English to you with a noticeably Russian accent, and we don't immediately go, "Wow, your English is really good." Like right. sometimes we'll do it in certain situations, mm-hmm. but for the most part, we're like, we just assume that everyone should speak some English. Right. We take for granted that people who come here speak a little. Bit yeah, of we're not usually. impressed. Right. That right. you speak English. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And whereas the French people are like. They think I've done a magic trick. <laughs> They're like, how did you do that? Where did you learn this? Where'd you learn this thing? And then I have to be like, oh, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Grew up with a, a French speaking mother and all this. And they're like, okay, well, well good. it's not that cool anymore. <laughs> well, I think the French like New Yorkers get a bad rap too. I think they're like people mistake like a, a lack of pandering to being not nice people and not mm-hmm. friendly people at all. Mm-hmm. And I know that like, maybe there's more to that with the French and there's all these theories that like, because so many of the great philosophers were French that like you learn to be cynical from a young age, there, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like, it's an interesting theory, but what, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you think they are actually just like not that nice of people or that they're misunderstood? Um, I think they're an insecure people. Interesting. And I think a lot of, Shots fired, baby. No, but I think that they are very aware that the rest of the world, or at least a lot of countries, view them with a strong opinion. Right. I don't have a strong opinion about the Dutch. (laughs) I don't have a strong opinion about the Swedish. I don't have a strong opinion about the Swiss, the Belgians, the Spanish even. Right. There are so many nations in Europe around, like the British, I have a sense of, but I don't have a strong opinion. People have a strong opinion about French. About France. And it goes back to, you know, how easily they were steamrolled by the Germans. The fact that we sent our troops into Normandy, where, of course, we lost Do you think that's hundreds part of, of it? thousands. I think, I think it's that. It must that. be, right? I think it's that. I think it's that they refused to go to war with America in, in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, people remember that whole time when people freedom were like, fries. freedom fries, yeah. French, you know, freedom toast. We were like refusing <laughs> well, to acknowledge the word French. The dust has settled on that one, though. I mean, we were not. It should have done. But there have just been moments like that that, you know, have popped up over the last hundred years right. where uh, uh, we've we it's, it's strange to me that um, Americans, I, I would say, consider Germany with more respect. And, and more allyship than we do the French. Interesting. Interesting. There's more of a like, oh, yeah, those guys are on our level. You know, their industries up to. And it's like it feels it feels like a cultural thing more, though, to me. Like, well, right, like, right. Like people are just like the French are difficult. I think it's also I think it's also uh, Americans have a very strong antipathy towards socialism. And France with its, you know, universal health care and its 
whatever, yeah, 35 hour help. work weeks, right. like that, that is so anathema to, to capitalism and everything mm-hmm. that we espouse here that we see them in a way like as, as not as a threat, but in the same way that we saw like the spread of communism as v- in Vietnam as something that needed to be fought. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the French, you know, up there flexing their, their very relaxed work, work life and, you know their their government assistance programs, uh, high taxes, albeit, but all that as as something that you know, right. God forbid, people get whiff of that, and they'll start thinking it's uh, it's a better way. I never, yeah, that I I had never thought about any of that. Like I kind of thought about it more as just like French people had a reputation for whatever they have a reputation for. But I am those these things must play into it. I'm sure. I'm sure that's a, a lot yeah. of it. Is is that. Uh, you know, you go back to even more basic stereotypes of like the women having hairy armpits or mm-hmm. eating the guy, people eating a lot of cheese or skimpier <laughs> bathing suits on men. Like, you know, all of that, you, you, you hear that stuff from a very young age. Mm-hmm. The hairy armpit stuff, you see, you see it, but like, you sure, know, but, but you see it here too. Right now. Yeah. It's catching on. Go to Gowanus. <laughs> Silver Lake. Yeah. Wherever it is. I mean, you're going to get, you know. All kinds of stuff. So the point is, um, I think that French people uh, are aware that people view them a certain way mm-hmm. and they're insecure about that or they're defensive about that because they're still proud of, of their history and their culture. Right. Having said that. I'm proud. There is a no. lot of, um, I mean, they have a very s- strong undercurrent of like xenophobia in France. Oh, I feel like most of Europe, man. Yeah, I think France, given its proximity to Northern Africa, its colonial history, um, and and you know, well, the Syria situation didn't help any of that. No, for know? sure not. But but I just think that like you know, they also have you know, I would say that France, along with America, I mean, probably hit hardest by by terrorism. Yeah, there are no, more totally. terrorist attacks in France. But than- Germany too. I mean, and and I there's certainly. I mean, the far right has like definitely bolstered over the past decade because of that. Yeah, and like I do think that um, Europeans are underratedly xenophobic. Yes, and people don't talk about it. Like we talk about racism here and stuff, and like nobody, like I don't hear people, my peers here talking about it like that. Right, they'd be like, oh, in Europe, I'm like, okay, but like you know, right, let's not act like that's some utopian society necessarily. Correct. You know? Correct. I, I think, unfortunately, terrorist attacks are so uh, powerful in in swaying the mindset of a population. Oh. It immediately changes everyone. It gives people an opinion, mm-hmm. whether they care to admit it or not. Um, and you know, France has endured it. England has endured it. Uh, but it's it's you know it's just one of those things where it's like i took a class in college it was called uh democracy alienation and muslims in the west and mm-hmm. it was mostly about like uh muslim immigrants trying to assimilate or find a place in western cultures mm-hmm. predominantly in in england and how hard it is like you know you talk about like how hard it is to build a mosque in london uh, and it shouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. These are liberal societies that right. welcome freedom of religion and all of that. And yet somehow it's like, yeah, you know, people somehow think that that they're like building a bomb manufacturing yeah. plant. And it's just it's very ignorant. And and the act, it's unfortunate that the actions of a of a very small minority 
can right. impact the view of the entire society, which right. is you know a problem that we're dealing with. And yeah, trying to get better about, unfortunately. But the but the back you know anyway the French it's uh, I think they do take it as a compliment when they hear someone speaking French well. Mm-hmm. Which to them means like you cared enough about our culture to actually make a real effort to right. to learn our thing, and so like thank you in a way. I I get that. It, I'm I'm flattered when I go over there for right. my French. That's dope, um, bro. which is fun. It's fun. Totally. Well, dude. So the I had a really good time, and and I know you've traveled alone. There's something about traveling alone that feels really good. I think that I've overdone it a bit this year. I think that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. I've done a, t- a ton of traveling. Yeah. Um. And (laughs) so you've done done too much. I didn't, I didn't feel that same euphoric feeling on this trip that I did. I felt like this, it felt like a bit of a force, even Mm -hmm. though I had a great time. Um, but this is what I ended up doing. So I got there, I went for two nights, got there the first day, uh, you know, took an Uber to dinner, by the way, Uber in the Dominican Republic is, I would argue better than Uber here. And here's why when you order a comfort, an Uber comfort, and I've noticed in different places, there are different classifications of Ubers you can get. It's like two or three bucks more, but you get to, on the app, say if you want the driver to talk to you or not. Yeah, I've heard about this. Really? So I think that's a nice thing that in LA they need really badly (laughs) because the fucking driver is going to tell you how they're a movie producer or whatever the fuck they do. And maybe they are. Maybe they're going to have a huge career, but I don't give a fuck. I'm not really, this is just a side gig. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. So that or, um, and also you can decide like what you want the temperature to be in the app, in the Mm, car. That's nice. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That's nice. Um, which was dope. And then the next day I had a whole, a day planned where I booked a private guide for myself, mm-hmm. um, which ended up being a little expensive, but like worth it for sure um, to get around and stuff. And this is a classic situation you read online. It's like, what do you, you can't go off the reservation in the Dominican Republic. It's so fucking dangerous. It like was completely fine mm-hmm. in every way. Didn't feel stressed out once ever. Went to dinner by myself the first night. It was lovely. Then during this day, I went to these like underground caves they were really sick. And like, hmm. you, there's one part where you can go on this little boat and a guy pulls you across this little lagoon on a, on a rope. Ooh, that's fun. And when you get to the end, there's this open cave crater thing where they've like filmed Jurassic Park movies and shit, wow. which was sick. It was called Tres Ojos. Okay. Three eyes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was tight. And the driver or the, the guide was really funny because he kept telling me shit and then quizzing me about it. Hmm. He'd be like, did the minute get a flag? <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, he'd be like the green. Uh-huh. I'm like sugarcane. Yeah, that's right. The olive branch. Oh, you know the parts of the no, because he had told me five times already. Oh, so he's quizzing. He you. started quizzing me, and it was funny. He goes, Good for him. "You gotta write it down, man." <laughs> <laughs> then he goes, "He goes the olive branch, immunity, the cross." You know, and he does like the Father, Son, Holy Ghost thing, and he goes, "In the Bible, John eight thirty two, you know the truth. The truth that sets you free." And he just kept saying wow. that. Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool, cool. I like that. Yeah, he was funny. And then he's like talking to me about, the other thing is funny when like people who, they're, it's not their native language to speak English, if they don't have a really good grasp on it, it's sometimes hard to say things in a way that's like to softly deliver something. So he was talking about this dictator of Dominican Republic, this guy Trujillo. He was Trujillo, you know, he's a very sexual man, you know. And he starts doing like a dancing motion. Very <laughs> sexual man, you know. Just <laughs> pretty great. Then I went to this like deserted Christopher Columbus monument that is really controversial because it's gigantic. It's essentially abandoned. Christopher Columbus obviously doesn't have a very good reputation these days. Mm-hmm. And the guy who had built it sort of procured public funds mm-hmm. and made people work for like below minimum wage and like 
break their back to build this thing. Uh. So I had to fight the tour guide to bring me there. I was he like, didn't want to show. No, it to I you. go. Can we go to that? He goes, No, no, he's closed. And I was like, No, it's not, dude. Like I've and normally like I would kind of just let him do it. And I'm like, Dude, I'm paying. Like I'm just gonna fucking be like, We're going. So I was like, It's open. We're going. Why did you want to see the Christopher Columbus monument? Because I had read about how it's this like crazy jarring site. It's just in the middle of kind of nowhere in between like different parts of the city. I had read that it wasn't safe to go there by yourself, which not true. There's a bunch of soldiers and shit there hanging out, like not dangerous at all. Mm. Um, and it was just cool. The idea of this giant abandoned structure um, that was so big, like there's something interesting to me about that. I find that interesting. And it's funny though, because it says so much about you. And it speaks to what I know of you, which is you read jarring and dangerous, <laughs> and that piqued your interest. <laughs> to me, that's a, eh, maybe I'll go swimming instead. <laughs> what are you doing? That's very funny. That's what you read. So- Bad part of town, jarring. <laughs> but hedging my bets by going with a guide and uh-huh. a driver. Yeah. Um. And dude, it's so funny, like, the stereotypes about the Dominican Republic in New York hold so true in the Dominican Republic. Like, it's known that in Washington Heights, people blast fucking music, and that, like, if you live in a Dominican neighborhood, like, you might have trouble sleeping because people will be blasting music. Mm. And it was funny because, like, I I let it out to the tour guides that I liked, uh, like, you know, reggaeton and, like, mm-hmm. that kind of music. And I was like, you know, I love El Alfa. And the guy's like, oh, you like El Alfa? Like the driver guy who's different. And then for the rest of the day, he was blasting it and like rapping along and being like, and doing this thing with his hand. Like, and I was just like, this is like too loud now. And I don't know how to tell him to lower the volume. You probably could have done it with the app. I know. I need an Uber. That was a comfort. Maybe. I know. I know. That was my only criticism, but all in all a fun trip that I recommend to anybody. What was the coolest thing you saw? Um, I I mean, walking around the old town, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, right. like I said, like the first church ever built in the Americas, the first building, all like as far as Western structures go after colonization, whatever, from 1500. That was all cool. That whole day was really fun. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed doing all that shit, being with the guide, not have to worry about getting around. I, he took me to see the subway. Like, it was just cool seeing people living their lives. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the itinerary that I sort of just laid out, if you have a day in Santo Domingo to do shit. Santo Domingo Taxi was the company that I used. They were great. Angel was the name of my guide. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you stuck to that itinerary, you'd have a good time. Great. All right. Really quick game. Let's do it. Julio, you've been to, in the past, let's say, eight months, mm-hmm. Alaska. Yes. About 14 or 15 states. I think maybe uh, more. closer to like 25. 25 states. <laughs> the Dominican Republic. Yes. Any other foreign nations? No, not this year. Okay, what is your number one recommendation from all the places you've gone if you were to say to someone out there listening, this is where you should go next? Wow. Based on this year, um, Mm -hmm. I got to say Alaska. Yeah, that's the only real place I would want to (laughs) go of the places you've been. (laughs) It's just really cool. And I think the one thing, maybe we mentioned this before, but an underappreciated thing about Alaska is how fucking far north it is. Yeah. It's farther than any inhabited, like majorly inhabited place in Canada. The entirety of Canada. So like Yellowknife and like the northern provinces, Alaska is north of that. Mm-hmm. Every part of Alaska is north of that. 
That's it's, it's really odd when you look at a map of the United States where crazy. like the map the United States are in a certain color and you see our contiguous United States and then there's this huge gap of Canada. Yeah. And then you you're like, "Oh yeah, we have Alaska too." Why? I know. Why do we have it? I know. It's cool. I'm not saying get rid of it. I also love that we have Hawaii. Yeah, it's fantastic. But it's strange. It's strange as fuck, man. 1% of it is inhabited. Unreal. It's it's true. Yeah, 1% of Alaska. Um and there's all sorts of crazy gnarly shit. The people are weird. Uh not necessarily in a bad way, but like, you know, it's right. just, it's an odd time. It feels like you're in a different world. So, mm. I think cool. Well, excellent stuff, Julio. I'm so glad you came back from the DR in one piece. Thanks, man. I'm glad you found an apartment. And thanks for waiting to tell me to the podcast. Yes. It's, it's incredible how Francis and I's friendship, like, it, to, like, we're good friends, but it's funny how our friendship is affected by the fact that we want to give each other news yeah. without the other knowing. We talk all the time, yeah. but we withhold lots of information <laughs> from each other. It's pretty wild. It's a pretty unique thing. To the extent that if he starts telling me something, I will tell him to shut up. Yeah, he tells me to stop. Because I want to hear about it on the podcast. And I want to react naturally right. and and as though I'm hearing yeah. it for the first time. Totally, so yeah. I'm really excited for you. That's really cool. Yeah, very fun. Um, awesome stuff, guys. Send uh, any thoughts or emails or ideas you have to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. We will read your emails for sure. Check out our YouTube. Check out our YouTube. Get some merch. It's that time of year. Our hoodies are absolutely soft and warm and wonderful. Uh, we got some new items coming too. Lots cool. of cool stuff out there. For now, I'm Francis. He's Julio. We will see you soon. See you soon.